Welcome to the Helen Hall Society. I'm Jeanette. I'm Franklin. And today we're talking about tropes. Book tropes. Book tropes. Delicious. Delightful. Do you read? I do occasionally read. I do partake in the books of knowledge myself. I have opinions, though. Do you have opinions? I do have opinions. All right. Hit me with them. So I'm going to start with a trope I like, which is characters getting, like, potato sacked, which is a weird way to describe it, but I like... So you like kidnappings. Well, it can be a part of kidnapping. I just like the motion of, like, a really buff person just scooping someone over their shoulder like is it fireman carry where it's like over your shoulder and the other person is vehemently fighting against being hauled like a sack of potatoes right and those always those always lead into the best kinds of romance tropes exactly you want someone who can carry you but also someone who will fight back at the indignity of being carried like a sack of potatoes visually i enjoy it i think it's rich and it enhances the text. It enhances the text with potatoes. With potatoes. I think potatoes are also another good trope to have in your stories. I don't care if it's not realistic. Potatoes are good. Really, potatoes should be the main food in every society. Well, there's so many variants of potatoes you could do. Mashed potatoes, soup with potatoes, baked potatoes, diced potatoes. Is it the hobbits which had a thing for potatoes? I don't know. I haven't read that rich text. I I believe it may be full of potatoes, Yes, but I'm not sure. I don't remember what stories have potatoes and don't have potatoes. I just think that they should have them. But if you're looking for books with potatoes in it, you should come to the Helen Hall Library. (laughs) We should do a display on potatoes. Yes. I think that potatoes, every month should be potato month, really. Really. I think potatoes work great as a seasonal like all year round sort of situation they're also very aesthetic aesthetic potatoes summer you got french fries and hot dogs and burgers for I'd like say mashed potatoes mashed well. potatoes yeah for summer. your barbecues your yeah. potato salads even though i'm not big on potato Me salad we don't have to talk about we that. don't that it's not book opinions anyway but you know in autumn <laughs> in autumn you mix like a potato in with like your pumpkin it's beautiful beautiful a little shade of brown you can, you can get some soup some delicious yes, soup. if you are cold you eat soup soup consume the soup anyway what's a positive book opinion you have <laughs> i think that all books should include potatoes that's your first trophy you enjoy no, in terms of trope, I, re- I was going to say the same thing with the sack of potatoes. I was going to word it differently, okay. but I think you got it covered there. I, 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 mainly like like, I mainly like it in the terms of, as in a, like a romance trope, mm-hmm. where there's this massive guy, and there's like the smallest person possible. I also like it if it's like a buff woman, and either a smaller lady or a smaller guy, or it, just some little it, guy. There needs to be like three feet of separation between their heads. Yes. They can't stand next to each other in a group photo. Their hand needs to be like as big as their face. Well, I mean, I don't think people's faces can get that big. Yeah. Past a certain point. Once you are big enough, I feel like your hand can fit over everyone's face. Before you went in homeschool, did kids do the thing to you where they're like, if you put a hand up to your face, it means you have XYZ disease or whatever. And then you would put your hand up to your face and they push it into your face and hit you. No. <laughs> okay. Um, are, are you okay? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Book tropes of bullying? Book- How do you feel about bullying in stories? Um, I think it takes a lot 
to get it right because some bullying is just like, <laughs> look at this nerd. Like, if you were to do that, you would get bullied. Like, <laughs> I I love reading books where there are really well written bullies because it says a lot about the author. How do they know how bullies <laughs> act so well? I love it when like, especially like psychological rivalish characters or like character who is above protagonist and like social rank or whatever is like like manipulative and like vindictive like my little bully yeah like like a little mastermind i think that's really good because that's more realistic like almost like a devil on the shoulder yeah like the psychological side of it it's like oh you're doing that club oh okay well that, that would fit you wouldn't it like that sort of thing the manipulative the like the judgment the yeah. like not being outwardly rude because if you're outwardly rude people like are like oh can't be around that person they're mean but if you're like oh i heard you were hanging out with i don't know thomas i did first name uh wow you and him would get along wouldn't you you know that's so unique of you like that whole like fake co- niceness like almost compliments mm-hmm. like oh i like your pants it makes your eyes look really ugly mm-hmm. wow i really like your hair it's a shame you don't brush it like <laughs> i like it when it's done well but i don't like it when it is like no one would take this character seriously what are you doing like wow your hair is ugly and your mom's dead like what no child talks like that. Exactly. They, if anything, they would be complimenting the mother. Yeah. That's more psychologically damaging. Wow, your mom was so nice. It's just a shame she's gone. Like that. Exactly. Now that is bullying. That's how you destroy people. That's how you write a bully. <laughs> so um, take notes. So take notes, yes. Um, a trope I don't like, which is not one I see often, but like when it comes back, it's just um, like, uh, why is it here? Is like, when the first book, like, establishes all of its characters and it, like, gives it, uh, it, like, has its ending or, like, a series has its ending and, like, everything is good and fine and happy. And then, like, there's another series that comes along that's, like, their kid and it turns out, oh, the parent was actually bad and now nothing's good and, oh, all these characters you liked are dead. Like, that's... There's some there's some things that have done it well, but I have not read a book that has pulled that off successfully. Yeah, I was reading like someone's just like personal work online, which I don't compare that to like actual books. So like typos or whatever, if it's online and you're just posting it for fun, I'm not going to like say anything rude about it or like negatively like recommend it. So that's why I'm not saying the title or anything, but like everything was going well and so their story until like right at the end where they just like ruined all the lives of their characters to set up a sequel with their kids like oh now these characters are dead why don't you want to figure out how that happened read this story about unrelated characters you don't care about and no one really wants to read that oh yeah i think like stories with kids or like descendants of can be good but i don't think it should like hinge on the destruction of the previous works yeah i feel like they rely too much on on previous works they're like we are this still don't worry mm-hmm. see there's this character remember them Woo! 
It's like dangling keys. It's like, oh, you remember this guy you met in the first chapter? Oh, the cabbage salesman? You like him, right? Yes, and that's why he that's why he appears in the Legend of Korra. <laughs> exactly. Which that's Did, fine because it's a gag, but like I I guess. I haven't watched Korra that much. I hardly finished um Avatar. We're working on it, but um <laughs> It's we'll, a process. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. I think Jess has watched Korra all the way through, so it does a better job at handling like the progression of things, and do, I would say world building wise does a very good job. But then you take like uh, taking an anime, for example, Boruto, Ugh. where they just <laughs> wrecked Naruto. He's like, here's this good hearted protagonist that you like, and he strives to do like things that are good and works hard for his benefits. Oh, he's a deadbeat dad. Like You want to see his awful child? And... <laughs> his do you want to see his awful parenting and his awful child? And all they do is that like the entire show is trying to one up these accomplishments from the original and it's just boring. <laughs> Boruto, more like boring to. And that's why we read books instead. <laughs> read books instead. All right. Let's go back to the good, the positive. What do we like? Uh, sp- how do you feel about spaghetti westerns? I love spaghetti westerns. I love stuff that is like, yeehaw, partner, when it's like, I didn't talk like that. But it's so good. I love like a non-westerners or like non-historic look at what like cowboys would be like. I think it's very funny. Um, This is my horse, Betsy. I know it's a cow's name, but I gave it to my horse because I feel strongly about her. I like to think of it as it's as if cowboys were like a fantasy race. Exactly. It's like this. they have this whole culture which was completely made up. (laughs) It's not cowboys. It is something else. Yeah, because cowboys weren't like that. They were usually like just poor and they lived out in the like fields and whatever. With cow and horse and like other cowboys and like... They didn't really talk like that. They weren't, like, heroes. They were just, like, workers or ranchers. Um, But I also think spaghetti westerns lead really good into space westerns where they take, like, that fake cowboy culture and they're like, sci-fi. We do love that. I love that. Especially, like, Cowboy Bebop or Trigun where it's just, like, it cowboys in space. Cowboys anywhere is just perfect. Farm animals as well in space, beautiful. Pigs in space. Yeah, have you ever played the hit game Angry Birds Space? (laughs) No, but I've played Angry Birds. Well, imagine that, but in space. Whoa, incredible. I I don't know how I've never thought of this before. Rovio, they really were, they came out with the best content. Yeah, but what if we took these birds, you know, terrestrial animals? Well, not terrestrial, they're... Birds. They're birds. They're both terrestrial and, well, not extraterrestrial. There is an extraterrestrial bird. There is? Yeah. I don't. He's a little ice cube. Is he? Yeah, what? they add one in Angry Birds Space. Oh, <laughs> Anyway. Um, another good thing I like about books. Um, I like it when the protagonist is not good. <laughs> um. Everyone loves to see someone fail because you can laugh and giggle. I love a protagonist who's just a little villain or a little imp who like gets his like gets their comeuppance and is just funny about it. I I don't think every protagonist should be like a good hero type, 
but I do think that villain protagonists or, or like ambish protagonists are top tier. Just like a mean little guy. Yeah. Like a little like a little mean little child. Or like a protagonist you still root for even if they do like messed up stuff. Like, like Megamind. Exactly. I love Megamind. Does he commit acts of terror? Yes. Your point. But is he a sad little boy? Um, I don't know if you've read Iron Widow yet, but it's very good. And the protagonist is like, I love Wu Zietin. Is she a murderer? Yeah. Is that a problem? A little bit. But do I still love her? Absolutely. Well, that's sweet. I, sweet. I haven't read that. It's very good, especially if you like Mecca and very angry women. That's quite a pitch. <laughs> you have an angry woman and you give her a giant robot to fight in and you have to you have two other male protagonists with them with her and it's just like get it girly. Yeah, kill that guy. Do it girly. I love you. And then the other one is like I still support you, but I think we could tone it down a little bit. We love that. <laughs> you always need I, it's called the straight man, where it's just this guy who's like, hey, this is cool. Can we get, like, a level field? You to it, it was at a 50. You've taken it to 100. Could we work it back to, like, a 65? Yeah, he's the negotiator. Exactly. Who really doesn't want people to hate him. Exactly. I, I promised I'm doing my best. I didn't mean for that place to blow up. I, I like that. And then there's just like this tired parent who can fill the same trope of like, do we have to like not not even a real parent. They could just be the, the parent of a friend group. And it's just like, guys, did we have to burn down the orphanage? Sweetie, I appreciate the enthusiasm, but I feel like the rocket launcher was a bit much. Have you tried drinking water recently? <laughs> Yeah, we've stopped in like five taverns and you've ordered ale at like all of them. Like, we can go to a spring, like, um... Have you eaten? <laughs> jerky does not count, no. Um, <laughs> you need a meal. <laughs> we need a meal plan. But let me just think of, what's a weird trope, or not even a trope, just something weird you've ran into? Um, I don't, like, I think mysteries don't always have to be about dead people. That is fair. I like it when it is about dead people, but I also like it. Like, there's some Sherlock Holmes ones where it's like, hey, yo, this dude keeps messing with my stuff. Can you figure it out for me? And he's like, yep. Yeah, but those, those I I prefer those from, like, Sherlock Holmes books. But, like, oh, no, man is dead. I think that has gotten very boring. People die every day. Yeah. How often does a little guy, like, steal tires or whatever? <laughs> exactly. Like, Scooby-Doo stuff. Like, yes. Why is this tax guy dressing up as a ghoul and terrorizing the carnival? I think Scooby-Doo is the pinnacle of mystery. <laughs> and I will stay. I will die on this hill. I want, like, a dark, macabre Scooby-Doo story that isn't, like, that still is Scooby-Doo, not about murder, still a guy in a mask, but, like... It's taken very seriously and, like, darkly, and it's, like, dark. I keep saying dark. Um, edgy. Edgy, and it's, like, we need to find this criminal, and it's just, like, some dude in a mask. Because I, I think Scooby-Doo, like, remakes, trying to bring it to, like, an older audience, they always go with, oh, the monster's real. Yeah. I mean, even, uh, like, one of the original movies, Scooby-Doo Zombie Island, is yes, it? Yes, I love Zombie Island. Yes, but I 
at least from what I can recall, that's the first time they're like, it's a real monster. Yeah, there have been like jokes about it in like some of the cartoons, but I think the movies on the island was the first to like be like, they're really monsters. But then like all of the newer things trying to appeal to an older audience are like, these are real and we don't want that. We want like, oh, why is this politician dressing up in a goofy little sheep costume? <laughs> what is he doing? Where did he get that? Is he using taxpayer money for that? Why is he in the sewers? <laughs> really, we need to give more credit to the villains of Scooby-Doo. So much effort. They are. They really would make the best cosplayers. I think you would make more money um, dressing up for cosplay than terrorizing, I don't know, like the cowboy store or... Some of those costumes were just incredible. The ghost ones to so the original one where it's like the phantom with the, the green phantom with the yes. chains. That one's like pyrotechnics and like technical skill. Like, girl, you have a career elsewhere. Why are you doing this? But then there there were some costumes which were just like full like cars which were covered in like a costume. Yeah, there is some that were like RC cars and it's like, this isn't even a monster. This is just a robot. Like, meh. I believe it was Fantasaur. It's just like this guy who like revolutionizes like hallucinogenics. Hey gang, I just took a wild ride. You're not going to believe me. There is a dinosaur beneath this motel. But there was a dinosaur. But there was a dinosaur. Because he was covering up like an archaeological site. Yeah. You know this actual dinosaur? With all the, is it like crystals? I haven't watched Fantasaur in so long. I think it was. Because he was like trying to prevent the crystals or like if the crystals got mined or whatever, the place would like collapse. So he like made an entire other T-Rex to terrorize the town. Which strangely, that I would, that draws more interest. Yeah, that draws more people to You're the like, town. whoa, there's a dinosaur in there? I gotta go down. Yeah, that's it. And that's another thing where it's like, ooh, ghosts will drive out people. But I think... It's the opposite. I'd like to see a Scooby-Doo where, like, the town is fully run in with tourists and they're just like, did you hear this hotel was haunted? Because that's what it's actually I mean, like. have you heard of Roswell? Roswell? It, the Galvez in Galveston. Yeah, like, but, like, just, they're, like, cities or places where their entire thing is there's either, like, hauntings or alien sightings. Mm -hmm. And it just brings so many people Louisiana, there. Louisiana, exactly. The entirety of Louisiana. The entirety. They all have ghosts. So swamps, dead people in the swamps. I'm wisps. not lying. There's, there's fire. Yeah. They It burns a little gas. That's yeah. what wisps are. And it's very easy to get away with murder in a swamp. That is true. Because it's hot and humid and everything decomposes. All right. So one more good trope that isn't about Scooby-Doo that's in books. I like a goofy best friend character. Yeah, that is a good that is a good one. I like a Yosuke from Persona 4. I like I like a Shaggy and Scooby back to Scooby-Doo. Uh Ron Weasley. <laughs> yeah, we need a goofy hype man for our pretty normal protagonist. Yeah, it it could be someone to like introduce them into the world or they can be as unaware as the main character. Whoa, Timmy. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. I I did. <laughs> Yeah, we that is a great one because I feel like those characters there are always my favorites. I feel like I always like the random best friend because they're not quite comic relief, but they still get to be funny. They're also relatable. Yes, they're just like me for real, for real. It's just like, oh wow, that is really cool. 
I feel like they can also fill the role of like the straight man of like, hey, do we have to do all this? Like, especially if the protagonist just came into like a bunch of like power or whatever. I'm just thinking like wizard esque, not necessarily Harry Potter. And the best friend is just kind of normal. And he's like, whoa, dude, that was cool. You did blow a hole in the school, though. But we got to study for our midterms. <laughs> Yeah, um, hey, dude, it's it's 12 a.m. and you've been, like, setting fireballs out into the woods, and that's really cool and really powerful of you, but I also think it's a fire hazard. It's like a, it's like school knife. <laughs> it's like Sheen from Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> I haven't watched Jimmy Neutron in forever. Well, Sheen fits the role. Okay. So I think that's all the positive things we have to say ever. I think ever. we ever all time. We'll never say another positive thing. We'll only say neutral and negative statements from now on. That is correct. Goodbye from the Helen Fox Society. Good day. Good day.